like to ask Sue Hoffman, they all go. And as you know, we've been in this series, and it's still going, and someone said, are we still doing that? Yeah, we're still doing that series, because we're not done yet. Did we get to the final, uh, the final part of the Lord's Prayer? No. But I pray that this series has been helpful to some of you, at least. Um, because, remember back in Luke 11, we've been talking about this, that the disciples looked at Jesus and said, hey, teach us to do what you do. Teach us how to pray. Teach us to pray. What were the disciples saying? They're like, you know what, Jesus, um, we, I think we figured this thing out. Uh, first of all, Jesus, this is what we see. This is what we know. That Jesus, you pray, and then really cool miracles and things happen after that. You know, like we wake up, Jesus, and you're already up praying. You've been talking to the Father, and then you get these amazing instructions from the Father. And you get this amazing relationship with the Father. And then from all that, Jesus, your whole ministry flows. So Jesus had this going all along. He prays, so the disciples look at him and, well, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. The disciples never asked Jesus. We talked about this. They never asked him, how do we heal the sick? Teach us to heal the sick. They never said, how do we cast out demons? They never said, Jesus, teach us to preach. They didn't ask for any of that. How to do miracles? They didn't ask for that. They said, Jesus, teach us to pray. Because they knew that Jesus' life was connected to his prayer life. Like his, his ministry, his everyday life, was connected to his prayer life. And friends, let me tell you right now this morning, your life is connected to your prayer life too. And your public life is connected to your private time or your quiet time, your prayer life. So if the Lord can teach us to pray, in doing so, he also teaches us how to live. Put the pieces together, right? Teach us how to pray, Lord. And that prepares you for life. And so then he responds to Luke 11 with even more clarity in Matthew chapter 6. And we know that uh, because we've been looking at that. So Matthew 6, in this manner, remember, teach us a pattern to pray. Pray this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We've gotten through that. Give us this day our daily bread. Probably one of my favorite uh, moments with you all in, in this sermon time is when we talked about daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. We for, we've gotten all that so far, right? We've gotten up to this point. Remember, forgive us our debts. And why does he call it a debt? Because it's something that we could never repay. And we learn that we need to first forgive ourselves, forgive us our debts, and then we can forgive others. We talked about that last week. But then we get to the new stuff. And this week it says, And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Verse 13, do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. I want to preach this morning for a couple of minutes from the subject, follow the leader. Follow the leader. Remember when, and I just got reminded of this this morning, remember when you were in elementary school and you all had to go somewhere as a group? We just honored our teachers. Come on, teachers, help me out with this. When you all have to get a bunch of kids up and moving in the same direction, it's an honor as an eight-year-old to be the line leader. Right? Teachers, people in schools, you get it, right? It's an honor to be the line leader. You almost like, okay, Brian, you be the, the line leader today. You're like, oh, right. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. And you're the line leader. And it's an honor to follow that line leader. But the other kids are like, why didn't I get to, you'll get to be the line leader tomorrow. But for today, I'm the line leader. In case y'all didn't know. 
And it's a place of honor to be the line leader. So I want to preach from that this morning. Follow the leader. And I know that there are different, believe me, now more than ever, different ways kids are going to school now, right? Whether it's cyber, whether it's homeschool, virtual, in-person, whatever it is. You can always... You can always tell the homeschool kids, and I, I'm borrowing this from a comedian. It's not my thoughts, but they're the ones with the rope, right? They're all, right. Hold on to the rope. Not only the homeschoolers, but other other kids. Child care situations. They're all like, we need to get this group of kids from here to there. Give me a leader. Grab the rope, and off we go. But I want to remind you this morning that this is not. The prayer that we're walking through is not just not just a prayer that's thrown into the Bible to pray, wrote, and just go go around, you know, through the words. And there's magic in the words, or there's some kind of high spirituality in those. There's not. We're in a place of prayer, but it's a journey that we're on. We're walking through this Lord's prayer, and we start with our Father, right? We begin to worship. We connect with God. We rest in God. We exhale a little bit. We say, "God's our Father." And we rest in the goodness of God. We continue through the journey and we invite His kingdom to be done in our lives. Remember. And then we talked about provision, daily bread. We, we talked about the bread of heaven. And then we're on this journey. And the last week we got to the point of saying, you know what? Forgive us our sins. Forgive us our debts, our trespasses, whatever words you want to use. But there, there and again, it's part of this journey that Jesus takes us on through this prayer. And it's just like this cycle, this prayer. We're, we're moving. We're on a journey. We've gone so far now on the journey. And maybe it's taken you a few minutes to understand all this, but maybe it's taken you a few days to get through this prayer and to read it and read it again and sort of dig in and say, God, what are you doing? What are you up to? When you said, teach us to pray, and you said, okay, pray in this manner. Pray like this. What's this journey about? But now maybe you've gotten in, into a place in your heart where, where you know, your heart is open. And, and you, know, you know, you might say it like this. Look, I've confessed of my sin. I believe in our Father. I get that. I, I accept His provision. I've repented a debt that I couldn't pay. I've repented of the debt that I owed. I asked God to forgive me. And I've come to that point where I'm forgiving others. And I'm now I'm at a point that I really just want to be free. We talked about freedom, and last week we said, you know what, that's why you're not free. You've got to get to a point where you're like, all right, God, I need you to lead me. I need you to provide. And I'm trusting in you for that. And when you accept that forgiveness that God gives you, we read through that, there's freedom. But you don't start there, right? Because it's this journey. But we get to the point where, where in the Spirit, where you could say, okay, Lord, lead me. Lead me. Before we even get to lead me not into temptation and all that stuff, you know, we, we say, Lord, lead me. Just take those two words for a second and, and just hone in on them. Lead me not into temptation. Deliver me from the evil one. In other words, God, I want a life of freedom, a life of deliverance. I want a life where, you know, whom the sun sets free is free indeed. I want that life. Where I'm not just going from issue to issue, from hardship to hardship. When I'm not just going from this struggle to that struggle, brokenness to brokenness. But, my, but the Holy Spirit is really doing a deep, deep work in my life. Where I can honestly look at my life and say, yeah, I'm not perfect, but man, I'm free. God's done a work in my life and I'm being led by the Lord. Remember Romans 8, those who are led by the Spirit of God are called children of God. That's where I want to go. Lead me, God. Lead me. And I know that's where you want to go to. But we've got to follow the leader. I want to give you a couple points this morning to take home with you. And I think they'll help you. They're not only going to help you get free of some stuff, but they're just going to help you become a, a fully developed follower, a fully developed disciple in Christ. So we're talking about following the leader when it says, Lord, lead me. And we'll stop right there for a second. Not in a temptation, but we'll stop there. God, lead me. And the first thought is this. Choose your leader. you got to choose your leader. 
And there are a lot of Christians out there that, that they really just don't let God lead them. I mean, if they were honest with themselves and honest before God, they really don't let God lead them. They're like, you know what, I'm just going to do what i I'm, I got to do and go through my day and my life. And they do what they want to do, how they want to do it. But they're not really being led by God. They're like, yeah, you know what, we'll come to church on Sunday. And, and you know, they love Jesus and they're, gonna, they're going to heaven. But just the Holy Spirit is not their boss. The Holy Spirit is not in charge. And you, you just see that in their life. And they will tell you that. You know, you actually have to get to the point where you get... Get serious and you think about those two words. Lead me. Are you letting the Spirit of God lead you into conversations, into relationships, into situations? Or are you just doing your thing? And God's kind of a secondary thing, and this Jesus is nice, and it's all good, but I got some things I need to accomplish, and I got some things that I need to do, so I'm just going to do what I need to do, you know, and, and then you're not really being led by anyone. You're in charge. I'll, I'll lead, I'll decide. Think about those two words, lead me. Before we even get into lead me not into temptation. Lord, lead me. I don't want to be the leader. And that goes against all of that fun stuff that happened when you were a kid being the line leader. Because when you were the line leader, oh, I'm the leader. But you say, God, I don't want to be the leader. You say, Father, lead me. And I'm telling you, believers, this morning, that your faith can't grow, your maturity won't progress, and your life really can't be changed truly until you decide who's going to be your leader. Choose your leader. And before you choose God as your leader, you're the leader. You're leading your life. So you have to make this choice. Your leadership or God's leadership. Choose your leader. Your emotions or God. Your fear or God. Your lust or God. Your greed or God. Your worries or God. Who's going to lead? And you decide and you have to decide. You have to choose your leader. Because God won't decide for you. Remember we have free will. We're not robots. God just doesn't control us. He's not a puppeteer. God doesn't drive us. But He leads us. There's a difference. If we're willing to be led. Big if there. Big if. Are you willing to let God lead? Here's an example. Anybody recently or any time in their life get a puppy? Anybody get a puppy? All your dogs started out as puppies, right? You get a puppy. And that puppy is just a wild... You know how puppies are. Not really wanting to be led by anyone, right? Woo! Just crazy puppies. So you get that puppy, and what's the first thing you want to do, right? First thing I wanted to do with our puppy. Come on, help me out, church. It's lonely up here. How, who said house break them? <laughs> That's the first thing you want to do, right? So what do you got to do? You got to go outside. And that puppy's wild, and he's going to go. So you got to put him on a leash, right? So you put the puppy on the leash, and what happens? At least what happened with the dog that we had for a little while uh, before he got crazy. He had to go to the farm. But the, do the dogs that you all have, yeah, yeah I'm sure he's running free on the, in the field today. But you put the leash on, right? Don't send me emails. You put the leash on. Look, don't PETA, don't, don't listen to this. I love PETA. You all know what PETA, PETA stands for, right? Right, people eating tasty animals. So you get the dog on the leash, and the first thing you... Don't send me emails. God, it's Listen. You put the dog on the leash, and the dog goes, Whoo! right? And pulls it out. And the dog is... The dog's just... It's out there, right? And that dog is like, okay, pup, let's get on the leash. And it's like, you've seen those dogs, right? Who's walking who? You ever seen some puppies? Oh, they're just a puppy. <laughs> and they're pulling and they're going and they're, oh. And it's not fun. And it's not enjoyable. They're at the end of that leash. And they're just choking and they're just, oh. They're not enjoying the walk at all. Now flip that over to the Christian walk. And it's not enjoyable because you're at the end of the leash and you're going, God, I don't want to be led. I'm leading. 
Don't lead me. The leader is there to what? Protect the dog, right? You don't want him running out in the street. You don't want him running into danger. In fact, you're leading that dog with that leash. But if the dog's constantly pulling, us as Christians, we're, we're constantly at the edge of the leash, just choking. And sometimes you feel that way. And that'll wear you out. When you're pulling and constantly going your own way, and God, I know you're trying to lead me and protect me, but God, i got to do this. You feel tired and weary and worn out. Anybody tired? Anybody a little weary and worn out? Especially these days. Is it because you're trying to get a handle on this thing? You're trying to understand my kids and my schooling and blah, 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 blah. And you're like, oh God, I don't... Just trust Him to lead you. Trust Him to lead you. Oh God, my marriage and my, my friends and my relationships and this is just not going right. I'm going to try this. I'm going to... Just, just back off the leash a little bit. And let God lead you. And then with the dog, you know, you got to, dogs got to learn the word what? Heal, right? We like that word, heal. So that they kind of, all right. And instead of all this and pulling and, oh, and struggling, they choose that they're not going to lead. Heal. And then the dog comes by your side. And you ever see those guys who just walk with that loose leash and the dog's just right there and everything's good. And you're walking because that dog learned. What that dog has learned, that the closer they get to the master, the more enjoyable the walk. Preach! The closer they get to the master, the more enjoyable the walk's going to be. The closer you get to the master, the more enjoyable this thing called the walk of faith is going to be. The less you resist... The more fun you're going to have. You're going to love it. It's going to be an adventure with the Holy Spirit. And by the way, this is where the Holy Spirit walks with you because the Greek word for the Holy Spirit is the comforter. Uh, in, in these passages that we're looking at, the Holy Spirit, parakletos. Paraklete, parakletos. That's one of the first Greek words I ever heard in my life. But if you look it up, and you dig into the, the definition of that, it's the one who walks beside you. The one who walks with you, the comforter. Let me come alongside. The one who walks beside you. So when you're ten feet out in front of him, and he's going, hey, heal! <laughs> he goes, hey, I'm setting the pace. And if you walk with me, it's going to be great. I'm going to talk to you. God says, I'll whisper in your ear. You're, you're going to enjoy this. God says, you know, and God, God gives us emotion, right? So i got to think, He has emotion. Jesus had emotion. He showed it many, many, many times throughout the Scriptures. And I think that God says, you know what? Let me lead you, and we'll enjoy this thing together. It's going to be fun. It's, just let me lead you. I'll guide you. That's why in Isaiah, you remember, remember Isaiah? Uh, when he said, you're going to hear a voice behind you. There was a passage in Isaiah chapter 30. You're going to hear a voice behind you real close. This is the way, walk ye in it, it says. And that's where you can get in your walk with Christ. But you have to come to a point where you go, okay, Holy Spirit, okay, Father, lead me. I'm tired of leading. Lead me. And you know that dog would run right into the street, right into danger. That dog would run right after other dogs. That dog would be all crazy. And he had to learn that the safest place that he could be, the closer he got, the safer he was. The closer he got, the less tension there was. Uh-oh. The closer you walk with Christ, the less tension there is between you and Him. You know, we use this big, long word. It's found in the Scripture. Some old Nazarenes can say it with me. It starts with an S. Sanctification. Right. That's sanctification. That's five, five syllables. That's a lot for me. That's a lot. But we talk about that. And the, and the, the, and the word sanctification, right, to be set apart. When you're walking... I've heard it said this way. Sanctification, simply wrapped up, is... 
uh, when there's nothing between you and God. When there's nothing between you and God. Sanctified. You're not hiding anything. He sees it all anyway. You're not just this one little thing. It's just the one thing I do. It's not hurting anybody. Remember we talked about that last week? How, well, it's not really sinful. It's not really bad if it's not hurting anybody. Then you find out that, you know, you're a family and it's us and it's out, forgive us our debts, remember? And we're all a family and that's your sister in Christ. Remember I said that? But there's less tension. There's less between you and God the closer you walk with Him. Maybe your Christian life and your Christian faith is no fun because you're still trying to be the leader. You're, stri- you're still trying to lead. Whether you admit it or not, you're not giving that leadership up to God. And the moment you can say, okay, lead me, is the moment that freedom happens. We're talking about forgiveness last week. We're talking about not leading us into certain things this week. But before we even get there, God, lead me. Lead me not and lead me to. That's the moment that freedom happens. When you surrender, you choose your leader and you say, God, lead me. James chapter 1. God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. We're talking about lead us not into temptation. God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life. I want a crown of life. That God has promised to those who love him. And remember, when you are being tempted, lead us not into that. Do not say, mark this in your Bible. If you got a highlighter, this is a good place. If you got something to, to, to write down in your Bible, it's okay to write in your Bible. It's okay. It's alright, don't get mad at me. But, but this is a good place. Do not say, God is tempting me. God has never tempted to do wrong and he never tempts anyone else. God doesn't tempt you. But, okay, well, okay, well, preacher, prove that. Like, where does temptation come from? Glad you asked. Keep reading. Temptation, how about this? Comes from our, say it with me, church, own desires. Huh? Huh? Let's drill down on that in a few minutes. Temptation comes from our own desires which entice us and drag us away. And then these desires give birth to sinful actions. You wonder, why did they do that? It's in the scriptures. That's why they did it. And when sin is allowed to grow, it then eventually gives birth to death. Now, I could camp there and go go a whole message right there. But I'm going to keep going. But let me give you a few things. When you're being... When you're in a temptation, when you're in a test, when you're in a trial, James does not say, in other words, here, he, what he is saying, he doesn't say, you can blame someone else for your actions. What does he say? Let's go back. Temptation comes from what? Our own desires. Well, you can't say that someone made me do it. You did it. Well, you can't say that. You don't know the situation, Pastor. I was, I was there and no one else was around. And I, you know, it doesn't hurt anyone. And I just kind of did it. And it's whatever. And that's cool. And No, no, no. Your own desires. That's where it came from. But it's so easy in the moment to blame God or blame somebody else, right? Or, or whatever. Instead of taking personal responsibility for your desires in any temptation... It's easy to blame it on a lot of other things, right? It's easy to blame it on the job. This job's got me, you know, I had to do that. I'm expected to do that. My boss says if I don't act in a certain way, if I don't do this, your boss may be asking you to do something that is not the right thing to do. And he puts you in this situation and, and you can blame the boss. Well, God, hey, if I don't do that, I'll get fired. You're not off the hook. You can't blame it on the job. You can't blame it on your spouse. You can't blame it on God, the devil, or anybody else. Who's the old-time comedian guy who used to say, the devil made me do it? No, 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 no. James says it's your own desires that made you do it. Well, she wasn't really nice to me, Pastor, so I just went and... No, no, no. Can't blame anybody else. It's you. Well, if my work wasn't so stressful, you know, I can... 
Mm -mm. Well, life, if life wasn't so crazy, yeah, welcome to crazy, right? 2020 is officially crazy. James is saying, hey, watch your words. And watch me, he says, and then try to find the root of your desire. You're being tempted to sin. You're being tempted to quit. You're being tempted to walk away. You're being tempted to turn your back on God at times. Whatever your temptation may be today, whatever that temptation might be, James says, you've got to find the desires. Hone in, find those desires, because it's the desire that's leading to the temptation, James says. These desires give birth to the sinful action. Follow the logic. Are you following, tracking with me this morning, church? A little bit. See, the temptation is not a sin. Write that down. Make sure you know about that. Temptation is not a sin. But if you're constantly being tempted, there's something, there's an open door in your life that keeps opening yourself up to that temptation. So you've got to find the desires to give birth. So, so track with me. I think for so long that we, you know, we've, we've heard and we've heard preached, you know, hey, Jesus was tempted. So you know what? You're going to be tempted in your life. And so temptation is not a sin. And it's not. The temptation is not the sin. But if you don't get down to that first, that second word, if you don't get down to the desires, you've got to drill down. He was tempted. Yes, temptation is not the sin. But get down to the desire. Why are you constantly being tempted by this? By the way, you know, Jesus was tempted more than once. He was tempted in the wilderness, yes, but he was also tempted in the garden. But it's not like every single day he's like, Oh God, here we go again. It wasn't a pattern for Jesus. Remember, he's teaching to pray this way in this manner. He, he didn't say that, that oh, every, every day he struggled being with temptation. He did not. He had victory. So you don't have to live, church, in a constant battle with temptation. You don't have to live there. You've got to find the root desire that's leading to the temptation. Track with me. So if you're dealing with a specific temptation, think about, pray about, talk to someone about what the source of that temptation could be. What is the desire? What's the source of that temptation? Why do you keep being drawn to that? Why do you keep desiring that? Why can't you get freedom? We want you this morning to be free. Jesus wants you to be free. But you've got to find some way and process it with the Holy Spirit or process it with a Christian friend. You know, you're like, I just can't get victory over this. Why? What's the desire? You've got to find the root. Because those desires give birth to sinful actions. The desire is the root. You don't have to live with this thing. You don't have to settle for the lie that that's just the way you are. And that's just the way it's going to be. Allow the Holy Spirit to uproot that desire. Not just the sinful action, not just the temptation, but the desire that's behind it all. How many gardeners do we have in the congregation? Got quite a few. Y'all like that? Springtime comes, time to plant the garden. Honey, it's time to build the fence, it's time to construct the boxes, it's time to get the garden going, right? And what's the most favorite part of gardening, right? You get down on your hands and knees and you got to go get the weeds. That's why I don't have a garden. <laughs> that is some tedious work and I'm glad there are people that do that. But you got to get those weeds, right? You got to get the weeds out of the garden or it's going to get crazy. Same thing with flowers and all that stuff. But if you got a vegetable garden, you got to get those weeds. But you can't just get the weeds. You can't just pluck them off, and, right? You got to get the root, don't you? How many have been surprised by the roots of some of those weeds? You got a little weed sticking up like this. Oh, let me just pull that. And the root is 10 feet long. You thought you could just pick off the top and throw it away. You ask the kids to weed your garden, that's what you're going to get. Somebody said, yep. They just pick them off. That's not the root. You, 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 you can't leave that. You got to dig your hand down in the dirt, right? And you got to twist and pull that sucker out of there because if you don't get that thing from the root, it's going to come right back. It will. It'll come right back. Grab it from the root. And I don't know what's in your life, but why does it keep coming back? 
Pull your feet in. It's all right. I don't know what that is in your life that you that these desires are giving birth to or this temptation keeps on coming back. Why does the temptation keep coming back? Because you got to get the desire out. you got to get down to the root and pull it out by the root. You hate that thing. You repent of it. You meet God in an altar and you say, God, I am done with this. You try to get some forward momentum over this thing and then bang, you're right back in it. Why? James says if you can find the desire that's leading to the temptation and you can uproot that thing through prayer, through the word, and through accountability, we talked about that last week, then the temptation will stop. And then you'll look over back over your life six months, a year, ten years later, and you go, how was I even bound to that thing? I don't even understand. Because you've finally gotten free. And we can be tempted in a couple of ways. We can be tempted to do something good, right? But if it's outside God's authority, that's the problem. We can be tempted to do something good, right? Money in itself is not a bad thing. And we can be tempted to earn a bunch of money, right? But if it's outside God's authority, and I just thought of that scripture now, right? It's not the love of money, it's the... The love of money is the what? Huh. Root of all evil. That's the desire. That's the, that's the underlying desire. Money in itself is fine. But it's the love of money is the root. Get the love of money out, and then it's free. Oh, I could mention a lot of other things. Doing this stuff under God's authority... Oh, so, 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 if you would have walked up, let me put this together. So, doing thing, doing something good, you might be tempted to do something good. And I, I wrote down a few things that that can be good, but outside of God's authority, uh, are are sinful. It's a temptation that can lead to give birth to sinful actions: sex, money, food, a desire for recreation, a desire for escape. That can be a lot of good. Rest is another one, but you have to do it under God's authority. If you would have walked up on Adam and Eve, right, in the garden, and you would have walked up there and seen them eating that fruit, remember when they were in the garden and eating the fruit? Remember y'all Bible school people? Yeah. You wouldn't have thought there was anything wrong. If you would have just walked up past, you saw two people eating some fruit, I mean, you know, it might have been a little awkward. Saw two naked people eating a piece of fruit, that's a little weird. Maybe. But you wouldn't have known it was weird because it wasn't overtly sinful, right? There was just two people there sharing a piece of fruit. There's nothing wrong with eating a piece of fruit. But it was that it was connected to a command. Remember, you can be tempted to do things that you can justify. And whether or not it's technically wrong, ah, it's just a piece of fruit, come on. But things that you know might not be technically wrong in and of themselves... You know the Holy Spirit has his finger on that in your life. And you know that the Holy Spirit's been dealing with you about it. And you know the Lord's working on you. But that's how you mature in your faith, when you don't just look for the excuse to do it anyway. Well, technically, it's not a sin, so I can go ahead. Technically, how many know that you know good, good old-fashioned American sinners love to find the loophole? Right? Well, technically... Don't look for an excuse to do it so that no one would ever know but between you and the Lord. And he's dealing with you and he's got his thumb on something for some of you right now. Some of you went here in person and some watching online. I know that he's got his thumb on you about something. And you say, oh, it's not overtly sinful. Ah, I'm just eating a piece of fruit. You've got to get down to the, the desire that's leading to the temptation. All right, I took too long on that. Here's what Hebrews says. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 18. For because he himself has suffered. He who? Jesus. Has suffered when tempted. He is able to help those who are being tempted. Can, can Jesus empathize with us? He himself suffered. By the way, ter temptation is a terrible thing. Temptation, the, the, the scripture says, equates with suffering. 
And some of you all live it every single day because you won't close the door to the desire and you hate your life because you won't deal with the desire. And so then you're constantly being tempted. Temptation equals suffering. You're constantly in this round-robin thing of suffering. You say, yeah, I'll be tempted once in a while, but it shouldn't be a 24-hour battle. A 24-hour, seven-day-a-week battle. I should have a little bit of victory in my life, right? Yes, but that's what I'm talking about. I can, I, I can talk to Jesus about it because he can empathize with us in that he was tempted. So talk to Jesus about your temptation. Talk to friends, Christian people, about your temptation. Get honest with the thing. And you can further pray the prayer, Lord, lead me not into temptation. But get a handle on what the temptation really is. And get to the root of that desire and pull it out. A couple more for you. How can Jesus relate? Well, we don't have a high priest in Jesus who is unable to empathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, and yet he did not sin. Y'all know that scripture. How do we get the victory over it? Here's how. Then let us approach God's throne. How do we do that? Through prayer, right? Let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. You want freedom? Ask God to help you with that. Get it? Let God get in there do the weeding. Last thing, and we're done. Choose your outcome. Choose your leader. Choose your outcome. You very much get to choose the outcome. You very much get to choose the life you want in Christ. See, many believe that temptation means the battle is already over. I was tempted, I'm done with it, and I guess that, you know what, I've been tempted, so I failed. So they give in. I'm already tempted, it's here, I'm weak, I give in. It doesn't mean that the battle's over. The temptation means that the battle's beginning, and now you have a choice. So when you're faced and you're tempted, don't think that you've already lost. You can choose your outcome. You don't always get to choose your temptation, but you do get to choose your outcome. The temptation isn't a dead end, it's a fork in the road. Y'all okay with that? When the temptation comes, it doesn't mean, well, here I am again. I'm not strong enough to even, and I'm being tempted again. And I guess I need to give in. No, no, no. I choose, you get to choose. And you choose the fork in the road. Temptation isn't the end. It's a fork. I want to do it. I feel like doing it. I feel like I've been wanting to do what I've been struggling with. So I guess I'll just give in. No, no, no. That's when you call that 911 emergency friend. That's when you call that person who will pray with you, right? Because you've asked them to be accountable with you. You ask them, you call them, you see like, I'm about to give in to this thing. And I need some help. I feel like my faith is a little bit low and I need some prayer. Uh, Temptation is not the end of the road for you, so you give in. Temptation is a choice that you get to choose your outcome. Remember those books when you were a child, you get to choose your own adventure? Remember you're reading along and then you're you're walking along in this story and you come to a place and it says, all right, you can either pick up the stick or walk down the path. Oh, cool. I I get to choose. And you get to choose your outcome. A couple scriptures and we're done. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. Other scriptures. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, talk about testing, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. When we're in this temptation moment, we have a unique opportunity to choose it's not failure when you when you're faced with temptation but you have an opportunity to choose and speaking of opportunities and speaking of choosing as you go through this life you're constantly given the opportunity to choose one way or another It's the same for a Christian. You walk up to this temptation, and there it is, and you get to choose your outcome. Right? 
You get to choose. And you may have been struggling with something for years and years and years, and you can't get free from it. Well, it's because you've got to get down to the desire. And you've got to uproot that thing and pull it out. And you'll be surprised how nasty that root can be. And how ingrained in your life, and maybe even through generations in your family, that that root can be. Well, my, my dad did it, and his dad did it, and their dad did it, and it's just natural for me to do it, right? Well, our company's been in our family for years, and we've gotten this success because we're on the backs of, you know, cheating and stealing and getting everything we can, so I'm not going to disrupt that. And, you know, you kind of, you're tempted to do that thing again because, well, look at the ramifications and look at the long route that that thing has. But when are you going to make that decision to change that desire and kick that temptation so that you can be set free? There's no freedom in holding on to those desires. No freedom at all. Imagine you're in that situation with that business and it's been going on for years and now you're the, the heir apparent to the, to the control of that business and in order to keep that business going and keep all those people employed, you have to keep on being deceitful and operating like the people before you. And then you make a stand and you say, you know what? Because you can't sleep at night. But then you take a stand and you say, you know what, I, I need freedom from this. The only way to freedom is to eliminate that desire for that temptation. And I don't know where you stand this morning. And I don't know what your temptation is that you keep coming up against. But why do you keep coming up against it? It's, it's, a, it's a constant battle. Because the desire needs to be taken care of. Remember earlier we said that God can heal. God can heal instantly. God can take that desire from you this morning. You don't have to live another day fearful that that temptation is going to come again. Get to the root of it. Get the desire. And get it out. And you can pray through that here this morning. You can pray through that here this morning. It does not have to be a temptation for you anymore. You can settle it. You have the opportunity to settle it here this morning. Whatever it is. And your, your temptation is not the same as their temptation. So don't look across the aisles and think, well, I'm glad they're hearing this message. You need to hear this message. Would you stand this morning and we'll close. So there can be victory in your Christian walk, in your Christian life, even though you're faced with temptations get to the root of that and what that desire is and you can nip that temptation and never have to worry about it again. There is freedom in trusting Christ with that temptation. So would you bow your heads this morning? We'll go to the Lord in prayer and, and as you're bowing your head this morning and, and really just focusing on what the Holy Spirit has said to your heart, would you pray with me? God, this morning, there have been some tough words that we read. And God, our proclivity, when we hear really tough words, we have a couple of things that we go through. One is that, Lord, we, we're glad the other guy down the road or down the row from us heard this sermon because we know what they deal with. But God, if we were completely honest before you this morning, we would, uh, we would admit that there are some things that we deal with. And Lord, your desire is freedom for the believer. And God, we pray that this morning, that if there's temptation, that we would recognize that the temptation comes from a desire. And God, I pray right now in Jesus' name that you would take those desires away from the believer's heart. And that God, those that are dealing with that right now, those that are praying this through right now, that they would say, you know what, that's me, Pastor. I'm dealing with some stuff. And I don't have freedom. Friend, I want you to hear from the scriptures this morning that he who the Son sets free is free indeed. And that you can have freedom if you'll let go of that desire.
If you'll go before the Lord and pray and say, God, I'm giving this to you this morning. Everybody with your head bowed and eyes closed, I don't want to embarrass anyone, and I rarely do this, but I'm going to give you an opportunity this morning. No, this is the no judgment zone. Amen? Let me hear it. Amen? All right. No one looking around, nobody peeking, even though the scripture says watch and pray. But I want to give you the opportunity that if you're dealing with something, and don't judge someone if they're dealing with something, you have no idea what that something is. But if you're wanting to pray through something, I'm going to invite you to come down to this altar this morning. And I'm going to invite you to meet God right here at this altar. Kneel down and you pray through that thing. And you get that desire, whatever it is, out of your spirit so that you can be set free this morning. You're sick of dealing with temptation after it's the same temptation. Day after day, month after month, night after night, whatever it is for you. I want to give you that opportunity. You say, Pastor, I want to pray through this thing. I want this out of my life. I need to serve Him and be free. If that's you, don't hesitate right now. Come walk out of your your seat wherever you are. If you're dealing with something you need to pray through, you come and kneel at this altar. This is an old-fashioned conviction of the Holy Spirit moment. This is your time. You're not going to impress me if you do it. Not going to impress anybody. But you'll walk out of here still bound if you don't do it. If you want freedom this morning... Don't hesitate. Come down here right now. Kneel at this altar and we'll pray you right through this thing. All hearts and minds must be clear. Don't walk out of here the same as you came in and then complain to me later. Or complain to God later and say, God, why am I not free? Well, because I gave you the opportunity to do it that Sunday morning and you didn't do it. But if you're not feeling it at all, you're not feeling that conviction at all, then you stay right where you are. I don't want you to come in, in, in a show or just to appease somebody. But if you need freedom from something, this is the judgment-free zone. You can come. I know sometimes you need a little rela- relaxation moment, and this is that moment. So just relax and say, I need free from some, from some stuff. We'll stay here all afternoon. One has come. I wonder if there are any others. Judgment-free zone. You're dealing with some stuff. You need to nip it. You need to get to the root of it and get it out of there. And you will be free. The Holy Spirit is moving in this place. got something I want you to come up here and I need you to deal with it God needs you to deal with it you need to deal with it it's not going to impress this preacher if you don't or do I just want you to be free and God wants you to be free and there is freedom you just gotta want it you're free to choose We're going to pray, Lord, or folks, for these folks who have come. If y'all been standing too long, that's fine. Y'all want to come and gather around, that's fine too. If y'all need to go, that's okay too. It's getting late. I know the bur- the roast is going to burn. I've heard it all. You get out of here, you might burn. We're going to pray. Because I believe some people are getting free this morning. Saints, I want you to pray where you are or come down and pray. Whatever you got to do, you do. But the Holy Spirit is here this morning. And the Holy Spirit is moving in this place and that's all we can ask for. People are going to get set free from whatever they're dealing with this morning. (laughs) And if you don't know that freedom... It's your choice. Father, we lift Carrie before you, before the throne. 
in faith believing, Lord, that you are healing and that, Lord, you are dealing and that Carrie has been obedient to you, Father, and she's come and knelt at a place where, at an altar, Lord, that she can just be honest and open with her Heavenly Father who loves her so much. And God, we kneel right alongside this sister this morning, Lord. In humility, it takes a lot of humility, Lord, to walk up here and be the first one. So God, might I be the first one to kneel next to my sister in Christ and Lord, claim victory this morning. God, you've met us where we are through the word. You've met us, Lord, where we are. And we are thankful this morning, Lord, that you've done that. And so, God, we lift up Carrie before you. God, you know what's going on in her heart. You know, Lord, how you've spoken to her this morning. God, we're so thankful for her and her family who have come to us, that you've brought them here. Lord, for a reason, you brought them here for a purpose. But God, you've brought them here not only for us to benefit from what you've gifted them with, but Lord, you've, you've brought them here to grow in you. And God, I, I pray that, Lord, if they seek that together and she seeks that as an individual, Lord, to grow in you and, Lord, to get to the root of some things and to get them out. And, Lord, in her humility this morning, I lift her before the throne of grace and ask for healing. I ask, Lord, that you meet her where she is and, God, that you would begin a work in her. And that, Lord, as we get up from this altar in just a few minutes, Lord, that we will have prayed through and that, God, you will have solved some issues. You will have come in where she has asked you to come in. And Lord, you will have done a work. And we will celebrate that work. And we will rejoice, Lord, together. As we've looked at this prayer, it's us, it's our, it's it's you, it's, it's us, it's our, it's you guys together. However you want to phrase it. This is about us being together as a family and lifting one another up and being accountable to one another and being right there to support one another. And God, this moment is full of that right now. We don't take these moments lightly, God. When you're working, we like to just be where you are. So, Father, meet these needs, I pray, this morning, and set people free. The scripture just rings true. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Help us to walk in that freedom, God. We're so thankful, Lord thankful thankful for you Carrie so thankful pray Lord also what's your name dear Alexis Alexis, we pray for Alexis this morning I'll turn the mic off
God, the Holy Spirit is here. We don't treat these moments lightly. (laughs) All God's people said, Amen. And amen. I'm thankful for an obedient church that when the Holy Spirit is moving, that you pray. And you're not just in a rush to end it. But that the church would agree saying amen.